Oscar Poker. Sasha Stone from AwardsDaily.com, and Eric Anderson from AwardsWatch.com. And we've just come out of a brutal day (laughs) monitoring, what, like four critics awards or something? They all came out at the same time, roughly. That's crazy. There was was two today. What were the other two? There was three. Who was was the third? There's uh, New York Film Critics Online. uh, Oh, I didn't hear it. What did they do? LA. uh, You know, they they had a couple of, of... Funky left field wins. Uh, Paul Dano won Best Actor. Right. All right, Paul Dano. This is like <laughs> so, two wins for him today. That's fantastic. As, yes, as lead too. So that that was also the case with Boston, I believe. They split the yes. lead between he and Leonardo DiCaprio. That's a exactly. very great thing for Paul. That's really good. Yeah, it okay. is unless it's a category issue that that he can't get past. Mm. Well, you know how the Academy is. That they're just going to say, well, that's very nice, but we'll give him the supporting nomination because that's what we've been suggested by open, uh, by, by um, <clears throat> Roadside to do. And, uh, you know, he's young and he'll have uh, plenty more roles and that's, uh, that'll be enough. Yeah, that's I don't know. I, I, I think he could end up like, like Steve Carell and just switch and, and and really be lead that's the way i thought about it when i first saw it but then they said well we're not going to go for lead so they just wanted to split it between him and john cusack when that didn't really go anywhere he's the one that had the the heat all along right? yes so yeah um so really quickly the there's no question that paul dano paul dano got a huge boost over the critics awards so did mad max which probably came out on top spotlight's doing just fine it got enough attention to sure. keep it in the conversation as a front runner even um and Kristen stewart is the big surprise she sort of came out of nowhere and and won all all these critics awards which is really even when she didn't win she won runner-up she won yeah, runner-up. i was really hoping she was gonna win la yeah me too that would have why died. It's because it, the, the performance is from a, a 2013 movie that made its peak in 2014 at Cannes and Toronto. Mm-hmm. Cannes was 19 months ago. You got to live in the present, guys. Well, it came out in like April of 2015. But technically, so. it came out this year. I understand that. That's all that. Ma- that's all that matters, though. Well, no, when, I just when did, like to, when did like Mad Max come out? It, it th- it's throwing everybody off. And I know. It's, it's it's turning Twitter into just a. A minefield. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, did, when did Mad Max come out? Because I saw it in Cannes, but had it already come out? That was May. Out? That was a couple days after its, its Cannes debut. Okay, so it didn't come out that far after. Cla- I think that the reason that Klaus Sil- Sils Maria uh, is, is surprising to people is because I think people thought it got dumped. 
that no one cared about it, you know, and it, it would, I mean, what was it IFC or who released it? I forget. Yeah. IFC. I, I don't know if you guys are aware, but the Kristen Stewart fan base on the internet is really strong and I'm kind of been in it for a while now. And oh, really I'm supportive. more than aware of it. <laughs> yeah. So they've been hoping. What was hoping... the Cesar award that she won in France? That was how long ago? Yeah, right? that was this summer. And she's the only American who's ever won that. Exactly. And That's not, you can't even underestimate that. You can't. It's, it's a big deal. And also she, but what I'm saying is, can you imagine what her fans, I mean, they've been telling me like, you know, does Kristen Stewart have a chance? Does Kristen Stewart have forever? And for a while oh, there, I was know. like, yeah, she has a chance. She has a chance. And then it was like, no, she doesn't have a chance. No, she probably doesn't have a chance. No, not in, not. Mm -hmm. in, and I kept putting her name on there because I knew they wanted me to. And I was like, she's never mm -hmm. going to get in. And then boom. I mean, I can't even imagine what it must feel like for them. I know. Let's just well, let's just look at this realistically, please, just for a second. I know you want to get all the fans are reading your site, and I do too. I do too. But but it's it's Christian Stewart had a banner year, and I know you don't want to hear this. Last year, it was uh, uh, Camp X. Was it called X or X-ray? Camp X-ray. X-ray. And uh, still, um, uh, uh, Clouds of Still Maria, and the third one. Still uh, else. Uh, Stu Alice, which is a very decent, you know, performance. So that was it. She made her bones. She became a real actress who did really good work in three smallish films. Terrific. And she won the Cesar uh, after the fact, which was fine. But I don't get this. I really don't get this. I mean, why Why are all the, everybody else getting elbowed? Why the, I don't mind the attention. And she certainly does deserve, you know, uh, a pat on the back and a, and a you know a critics award or two, whatever a nomination, anything, fine. But why so obsessively, Kristen Stewart? Please tell me what's going on here. Why well, not anybody else? Why not a little spreading it around? Eric, you give your theory, and then I'll give my theory. Well, I, it's not so much a theory. It's just it's I'm I'm looking at 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 two different different coins here, and you've got your Paul Paul Dano coin, and you guys have been you right. know pushing him. Uh, pretty hard and he's won a couple of things and that's really great but how is it any different for Kristen Stewart other than the fact Paul that Daniels her movie came, came out came out this June so what what does that have to do with anything I, I think I'm, it's a good I, I point think... that that he's right I mean we're talking about one type of advocacy and another type of advocacy it's still advocacy Paul Dano yeah. was basically written off by everybody I think there was a point where I was the only person predicting Paul Dano and everybody would say oh god forget Paul Dano there's no chance and then boom he gets all these nominations so it's kind of along those lines what I think it is is I think it's a combination of respect for the director um, I remember during Cannes and after there was a lot of buzz about him and he is... Say his name, Olivier I, I can't because I sound, I sound bad pronouncing it. I just sound like All a right, bad fine. American. Asayas, <laughs> Asayas. He's got a lot of respect over here and, and I really think right. it has to do with the director a lot. But I also think that the movie itself is really good. And I think that a lot of people felt that way about it and they were sad to see it just kind of disappear and, and honoring her as a way of saying, you know, we watched this movie, we really liked it, that it was about two women and they had this very interesting, complex, strange relationship. And we like Kristen Stewart, what she's doing, how she's going into these small independent films and, you know, she's she's trying to do different things as an actress and a, you know, who was a former head of a franchise and, I feel like it's, uh, it, it once, mm -hmm. as we all know that have been watching the awards, once there's one kind of interesting choice, people look at it and they go, yeah, okay. And they start to pick that same 
thing. And that's why you get such group think during critics awards. Like Mad Max is the sexy pick right now, you know, Mm -hmm. for best Mm -hmm. film. It just feels right to them. It has everything that they want it to represent how they feel about the awards race. They're going to say no to all these other movies and yes to Mad Max. And picking Kristen Stewart was just original enough. Look, yeah, no know, pundits but, but, had been yeah. talking about her. And so, you know, what do they want to do? They don't want to just echo the echo chamber. They want to stand out. They no, wanna... I'm completely get it. I completely, but we've had now three awards for her, plus a runner-up from LAFCA. That strikes me as curious, given that when you saw Paul Dano's performance, as I did in 2014 at the Toronto Film Festival, and, and you saw Love and Mercy, that was a knockout uh, a musical well, not a musical biopic, but a, but a musician biopic of a very striking and unusual and I think uh, classic nature. I think it's one of the, it's probably the best it's ever, of that type of, that's ever been made. And I think his performance is, is drop dead uh, amazing. And she, out of complete respect for her, she did not do a drop dead amazing job. She did a very good job as a, uh, as we already said, in three films last year, and she definitely took her out of herself out of the franchise girl thing, and she's completely and respectfully an actress. But that's not the same thing, not the same level of of, of accomplishment that Paul. Uh, I, I I totally disagree. I think you're you're coming at, at at it from from a bias, and it's really it's What's funny. What's the bias? You have bias? a you have a bias that's that's more pro Paul Dano because you loved him and his and his film. But everybody did. I don't think I'm stand, I'm curiously out on my own limb here. I'm not I'm, saying that, you know. but you're you're giving more you're giving more credence to to that than to her wins because she you did a good job. I'm not trying to put her down. I'm just saying it's not, on, but, it's not on his level. Well, keep, but, keep, but, but you're asking why this is happening, and it's funny because every year we always say, you know, this is an opportunity for critics to be able to, you know push something that's favorite rather than, you know, the same right. thing over and over again. And it that's what's happening. Picking her, even though, you know, if five more critics groups pick her, then she will become that person as well. But right now, she is a really fantastic passion pick. She and- is. And imagine her surprise. Like, nobody would have predicted this, for, you know. And imagine her surprise hearing this. She, no campaigning, no Oscar campaign, no Oscar ads, nothing. And then her just out of the blue, wait, what? <laughs> I won yeah, but, one? But Mad Max is essentially the same way. <laughs> yeah, totally. All of its wins are coming totally out of left field because everything, you know, everything was really going to, you know, looking you know, towards Spotlight's right. way, mm-hmm. and Warner Brothers didn't, you know, hasn't put a dime into, you know, doing anything for Mad Max, and mm-hmm. now look what's happening. Yeah, that, that can that can be a narrative that works, but actually it isn't technically true, because I, you know, I have gotten Mad Max ads, as has of Jeff. They have oh, no, 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 I'm not, I'm not saying that it's, that it's not, I'm just saying that it's, it, no. it's, it's not what Warner Brothers expected, so they didn't, they were not prepared. They weren't at all, nobody did. I remember when I, when I, saw the George Miller thing with Charlize, it was like one of the few like campaigning things that they were doing and compare that with Black Mass, um, which had like the full- That, that was their pony. They figured that yeah. was the one that was really- Oh, horrible. it still is. <laughs> it might still be, but that's the one that, that like all the events have been surrounding. And um, the, yeah. one, the one, George Miller is like, I mean, he's just a really great guy and a lot of people like him. And so he's he's going to do He is really extremely well liked. He is. And he's nice. My sister uh, worked with him once and she said he was like the nicest person. And I just from that Q&A I watched with 
with Charlize and him and he and she was really just spending all of her time talking about him and how great mm-hmm. he was and how great his movie was and you could tell that he wasn't the kind of guy that goes that walks around you know thinking he's great he's so humble and and everybody in Hollywood likes him that's why he's a big threat and that's why he could win best director um, I don't know if he will I have no idea I yeah I didn't see this Mad Max thing coming I mm-hmm. love the movie but I didn't see it coming honestly <laughs> apart from the uh, apart from Warner Brothers not paying or not seeming to be enthousi- that enthusiastically behind uh, Mad Max Fury, Fury Road, do, do I, did either of you um, get the feeling that they had any inkling that there would be uh, a real critical enthusiasm for Creed and for uh, Sylvester Stallone in particular? Because I didn't get a, a wisp of that notion when they were doing the junket in New York. I heard that there was. I heard that Stallone didn't even attend that junket, yeah. and you know there just wasn't any uh, sense from them, at least, that this was anything. It just seemed to be like a it's strange, isn't it? The only know? thing I can compare it to is the Year of the Departed, which um, Eric remind me what was the other movie they were pushing that year? There was some big movie that they had out front that that Warner Brothers had. Yeah. The Departed. What year was The Departed? Oh, you know what? It was, it was Flags of Our Fathers and Letters from Iwo Jima. It was the yes. two big Clint Eastwood movies. And I remember thinking they had mm. zero campaign. They had like one ad with Jack Nicholson for The Departed. <laughs> and they kind of didn't get that it was going to catch like wildfire because it was Scorsese, because it was so well liked. And and you could almost make an argument. People people like me were saying that The Martian might be The Departed. But you know what? It might be Mad Max. That might be mm-hmm. the, the I know. Departed. Ridley Scott must be so pissed right now. Yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> I don't know if he wanted it or not. But I feel like the that kind of energy is in play right now. I don't think that Mad Max is like The Departed. Um, it's similar because it's rough. It's rough in places. It's ugly. You know, it's it's um, off-putting in spots. And I'm trying to think of, like, Ann Miller sitting down and watching it. But, you know, if Ann Miller... <laughs> what about the old lady warriors? Like, maybe they like that, you know? And there's no denying that when you watch that movie, you're thinking, this old dude made this movie. And I can't believe this old dude made this movie. You know? Well, that's What's one happening? of the great things about the movie is that it kind of hits, for a lot of people, young people, men and women, older people, men and women. Right. Right. It just didn't make that much money. I think that's what threw people is they thought it would make more than it did. It did respectfully, didn't it? It, it, it did, but not, more more often than not, the the highest box office doesn't win Best Picture. That's true, and also um, the, one of the reasons it didn't make a huge money is because it was refused by China. They did not take it because of its weird. I mean, not weird, but it's it's rebellious, revolutionary message. So they mm. didn't take it. So it didn't earn all those lucrative China dollars. Um, so mm. it, usually a movie like this can go overseas and it can make back a huge amount. It made a lot of money overseas, but it just never got to China. I um, thought it was going to do a little bit more here. I think it was like $150 million. I thought it was going to do a little bit more. And I think it more. cost how much? Like almost as much as it made. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that's that's always a problem when it. But the same with the Departed. The Departed cost ninety or something and made like a hundred and something. Like it was close. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think know. it's kind of neat looking at the the likelies for Best Picture of just how many very healthy box office films that we're gonna have this year. Maybe. Maybe. I think. I think, yeah. I think there will be. I feel like the narrative 
you know, is really big studio versus independent. And this might be one of the years that the big studio is really going to come in and say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Step aside. Step I aside. think so too. They just kind of <laughs> nudge it. It's like, that's nice of you. That's so cute <laughs> yeah. with your little critics award. <laughs> what is it that's going to, at your, in your in the opinion of the two of you, what do you feel, Sasha, you seem to be th- saying this is a, you still are plugging for your, your pet pony, the Martian. No, I don't know. I, 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 you know, I have to see something for the Martian. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it, I think, yeah. I can't, I, keep, I, I, I can't yeah. keep clinging to something if it's not got any, like, I feel like Mad Max is taking the kind of, I mean, they're both future movies. They're both kind of, a, um, you know, they offer different views. The, the only thing about the Martian that you shouldn't disregard and don't forget about this, and I don't know if it'll go anywhere, I I have no idea. I feel like I just throw my cards up and I don't know what's going to happen. I really don't. But I would say about The Martian, the one thing it has going for it that no other movie has is that it has that likable likability factor that anybody can watch it and walk out of it going, wow, I really liked that. You know, that was it's, a really- it's a really happy ending, feel good, yeah. mainstream impossible to dislike kind of movie. Yeah. But on the other hand, it doesn't have that, you know, wow, that was a really, that's the best movie of the year. It doesn't have that either, so. Yeah, um, but did Argo have that? Argo didn't, but it had, no, Argo is similar to The Martian. They have a very I agree. similar, yeah. They're both um, sugar high movies. You don't think about them that much after they're over. But they're they, also, we're so great movies. They're also human beings doing heroic things, you know. Yeah, but it served as a, as a, as a you know, very good calculating way it's like yeah you want to feel good don't you this will make you feel good here here we go you know well I, you Daniels and i see it differently and, and all these people working together and crossing national no, lines it's not that save this guy. it Isn't is absolutely not that you're, you're looking at it from a very shallow perspective you're you're really not taking into account the the scientific element to this film and why that's so important and why both mad max and the martian are two films that offer a future for humanity once it all goes to shit message both of them mm-hmm. um mad max is about the post-destruction the martians more about you know this is what's gonna did you know i, I won't go into my extinction lecture to you guys but because i've mm-hmm. been i've been researching human inevitable human extinction and the six mass extinction that's going to wipe out all living things on the planet which is inevitable right the only way we can save ourselves is to get off of the planet and to go to mars but we're probably not going to do that but a lot in the scientific community, they're all pondering, how can we get to Mars? And this guy, Andy Weir, wrote this book online, crowdsourced the information. They all figured out exactly what you would need to get us to Mars and colonize it. And believe me, that's the future of mankind if we want to survive. So there's all that happening in The Martian, too. And it offers You're hope. saying this is uh, the Chris Nolan film is realism and we have no chance of ever at least stopping the... I won't waste the, the po- I won't waste the podcast with it, but I've read like five books about uh, human evolution and science, and you know, the potential for the. There's a book called The Sixth Extinction you can read if you want, but mm-hmm. I won't waste our time with it because it's actually been blowing my mind for the last month. But if you want to <laughs> sit down with me sometime, I'll ta- I'll explain it to you. And, and but but anyway, the bottom line is that no one's going to care about this in the film industry. I'm sure all they're mm-hmm. going to care about is The Martian is a fun movie. Um, I don't know. I, I can't sit here with you guys and say, yeah, I think it's definitely going to win because I'm not seeing anything for it. But if it gets any sort of nominations, great. You know, I don't know if it can recover after this Mad Max thing, though. I think that, if anything, George Miller would become the best director. At, at the very least, your guild and academy members are now faced with the fact that there's that people who know their stuff have put their 
credibility on the line to say that they really hold uh, Mamex Fury Road in a very high regard. Absolutely. So they, they, they can ignore them and say, well, we don't feel it. But they, at least they'll know that others uh, really put their credibility in the line. Yeah, and, and you it, might get a Zero Dark Thirty versus Argo type of situation with Mad Max and The Martian because they're two yeah. kind of similar movies, but one is easy and, and a sweet pill to swallow and one is hardcore and a little more difficult and definitely artsy and a critic's favorite. It's possible. Mm-hmm. I'm throwing it out there. I, I'm going to say Eric probably knows better. <laughs> I have no idea what's going to win. Mm-hmm. No I, I think that's pretty reasonable. And and I know that, that the Academy does like to... They like to think that they're a little bit progressive and, you know, they'll, they'll look at something, you know, like, you know, Mad Max and a post-apocalyptic, dreary, terrible-looking world. They'll mm-hmm. look at The Martian, which that is... That wasn't dreary. Every shot was was, was beautiful. I mean, no, but it's the, oppression and, and Okay, yeah, but I'm talking about as a, you know, element of here's what the world is like and how you have to survive right. versus The Martian, which is look at what we can do with space and with botany. And it's like mm-hmm. there's hope for everybody and yeah. everything. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of taking two very different versions of possible outcomes. Mm-hmm. And what do you think they're going to go for? They're going to go for the one that's a little more positive. Maybe so. You maybe, might have maybe, it right maybe. There from your lips, there. No, it's, but, the- but it's you know, it depends on the year. It depends on you know what's going to be in the actual competition. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and. I mean, we know we we we're pretty sure that right now we know. Like, let's say the nominations come out and The Martian isn't even on there, or it gets pish, picture and not director. Well, it's out of the conversation. Sure. Um, but if it is strong and it does come in with the Golden Globe nominations as expected, and it gets at least one SAG nom, at least one, it gets a Producers Guild, it gets a Directors Guild, and it gets an Oscar for Picture and Director. Then you're getting in a little more heated territory. My predictions for The Martian had to do with that sort of long view. Uh, yes, I never yes. expected it to pick up, whip up the buzz right now at all. In fact, I mm. actually thought Spotlight was the one that was going to take all the critics' mm. awards. Well, it has with Boston, and it has with Lafka, and it—I uh, don't know what the voting was in New York, but in which Carol uh, pretty much uh, swept the table. But you—you uh, you, you know that it was Spotlight, Carol, and one or two others that were mm-hmm. being voted on. So I think it's looking pretty good. But I, I should uh, tell you, I did get a, a, um, a text from somebody who was at LAFCA. And uh, here's what it reads. Just so you know, there was no sense of consensus for Best Picture. This is mm. among the LAFCA voters. The votes were spread all over the place. More wow. than any other year I've witnessed, there was no clear front runner. So I guess wow. they went through several ballots. I agree with that. I mean, I think that what happened this year, and we all know because we were right in the thick of it, was there were three front runners that we really thought, wait, mm-hmm. there's some weird noise going on. What are you, on. like opening a Werther's <laughs> original, Jeff? Come on. What's wrong? What, what's going on? <laughs> all I hear is like crumpled, crumpled. Oh, like, you know, all I'm doing trap. is just, just uh, you know what I'm doing? Werther's. I'm simply opening up a package of Trident gum, and I'm just putting a couple of pieces of gum in my mouth. I'm not okay, doing I thought I smelled some. Oh my god. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't know it was that sensitive a sound system. No, it's just funny. Oh god. Oh, all right. So no, it was it, <laughs> three three front runners that we thought coming mm-hmm. into the season. So we all thought Joy I mean, we still don't know, by the way, because of the embargoes. Yeah, and we can we can we can talk about that if you want, and I have seen it. Um Oh and you saw so, it, okay. All right. So and, oh, you didn't tell me you saw it. I yeah, I know, I I know. Because I know my my freaking 
ass is being handed to me on a daily basis. Oh, and it, wow. And it, and it will be in the next coming you week. You know what? We all have to eat shit. Look, at least, you know, I got the Martian on me, right? So Yeah, okay, but so yours is, is now looking more potential. I'm going to really. need a really big spoon. <laughs> well, no, just if those... Right, like, what are you saying? You're saying that the word on joy, it, to your understanding, is, is, is I'm, pretty I'm muted? Just, I'm a little bit shaky. I'm mm -hmm. on it. But, you know, we'll see when the, the embargo is up tomorrow morning and then SAG and Golden Globes... Uh, in a week, I'll 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 feel either you know better or worse as a result, but I'll make I'll make any changes and decisions based on that. Well, I'll tell you, my first viewing of Joy, I came out without without getting into particulars about what how it's good or is that I felt very spirited and and pretty uh, affected, and I liked that it was um, it got me emotionally. I, mean, I actually felt myself kind of um, you know very touched. I totally agree. And, um, you know, it's very, you know, it's not some hacks movie. It's a David O. Russell movie. There's no question about the focus, and it's very sharp and well-made. But i got to be uh, completely honest. I saw it a second time uh, three nights ago, last Wednesday. And it, and while The Revenant, which I saw a second time on Thursday, went up, considerably up. And I, was thought, I didn't think I, that would happen because I just wanted to appreciate the uh, Emmanuel Lebesky work a little bit more but it i swear to god the whole movie just went up and joy dropped a little bit wow. I, just, I, I was looking for it to at least hold and maybe get better but it didn't it dropped yeah <laughs> i, I definitely it. want to see both of them again I, I feel like well we're all three revenant fans so that's one thing oh god like, yes let's say yeah. i mean yeah. too i just so impressed with that movie so let's but but let's just say for instance the, one of the reasons that the race is in in such flux is because we had spotlight mm -hmm. coming out of telluride we were like okay it's spotlight some of us were like well, as good of a movie as it is, it doesn't have that rousing effect that's going to make people want to vote for it. You know, like at least Argo had Ben Affleck or whatever it is, and they need that urgency to vote. Yes. Um, and I don't think Spotlight quite has that, but we still don't know yet. It might. I think, I think because, you're wrong I think to be saying that. But wait, let I don't me know. Just I think it's just my... there doesn't feel like a lot of urgency in the movie. It's it's a procedural, and it feels like one. And you feel like, okay, good, they did you know the right thing, and that's that's awesome. But it's it's your like you said, it's not like rousing. It doesn't really get you happy and excited. What you mean? What he? What? What you're saying is that it's not manipulative in a Spielberg sense. <clears throat> no, or, you're, or, you're or, talking or, about best or an, picture. Or a Martian sense. You know, we're talking you're about the for that oh, lowest Jeff, common denominator. That's not uh, true. We're talking about best picture of the year voted on by thousands and thousands and thousands of people. Okay? Who respond to, to manipulation and lowest common denominator? Well, whatever uh, they respond uh, to, we're element, talking yeah, about. Element. We're talking about what makes a best picture winner we're not talking about whether the movie is good or not we obviously all think it's great and people keep writing me and saying i love spotlight i saw it it was so good and i keep saying yeah i know and they say oh, i hope it wins all the oscars and i say yeah i know it might i mean i don't know none of us know right but that's why we don't know because we only had spotlight and then we had these three other big maybes yeah and now they're the problem with the three movies is that they're not letting people talk about them and one of the things you have to do with sag especially I know mm -hmm. this from experience is you have to have the movies out and you have to be able to talk, be able to talk about them and shape the narrative and, and get people mm -hmm. excited about them by, you know, the mm -hmm. reviews and whatever it is. It's just like, it's just dead discussion for three movies, completely dead. It's almost as though they weren't even seen at all. Well, yeah. Revenant, Hateful Eight and 
and joy, joy. but that's again that's up tomorrow. So that's pretty much. And they're all cool. worried about the movies, obviously, which is why they embargoed them because they want to try mm. to get as they want to make money, but they want to try to get as much votes from the industry mm. as they can before they think the the movies will get killed. Well, two out mm. of three of those movies, I think, will do just fine. Joy is a film that needed advocacy. It needed somebody like me or whatever to get out yeah. there and champion mm -hmm. it, champion yeah. it. And but they did. They moved up the embargo of, uh, like a full week. So yeah, they're right. they're hoping they're hoping I think that they're gonna get that word of mouth tomorrow. But I I haven't seen I've seen a lot of middling uh, response from from people. But you know I I kind of also feel <laughs> uh, and this might be totally insane, but I feel like for even as much as I have been championing the film, mm -hmm. I feel like there's been people that have been against it and it's going to, it's going to fit their narrative if it's not as good as they want it to be or others want it to be, uh, or it'll fit my narrative if it ends up, you know, with really high scores. So well, I don't know. I, well, I remember I, when we saw, when I saw American Hustle for the first time, I saw it with SAG. And I thought, when I went out of that screening, I thought, wow, that went really badly. What a terrible movie. Nobody's going to vote for that. And yeah, then, that was totally what boom, was happening it with won that. The, it won the uh, LA Film Critics, and that was that. New York. New York. I mean, New York Film Critics, and that was that. It just went soaring. And Joy doesn't have any advocates. And so people nope. don't really know what to think about it. It's like that Citizen Kane line. People will think, what I tell them to think. It's like <laughs> people don't know what to think about Joy. It's just one of these. That's my dog playing with a toy, by the way. That's the so, <laughs> okay. I can God. just pick it up and throw it, but he's just going to get it and bring it back. But mm -hmm. what I mean about Joy is that it doesn't, it's kind of maybe what we're talking about. And, and yes, it didn't show up at any of the Critics Awards. I didn't expect it to. Um, the, you know, neither did any of the other movies, really. Creed is, is like picking up some steam in the fringes, um, you know, and The Martian has a little bit here and there and uh the revenant does too joy mm -hmm. nothing but i think that yeah. one of the reasons for that i think the actors and the golden globes might make a difference but you know the new york times wrote that article about fox and their three movies that's a problem because it's yeah. hard for them to say pick this one and not these other two you know yeah and that's i mean the martian's already been out so it's tested true and done and it's fine and people have seen it and you know they're in there was the issues of both Revenant and Joy being able to be finished and screened in time. Um, Can you please? They uh, have been. Do you What's think? That? Do you think you saw the cut, the the right cut, Eric? Do you think that that's the one that got released, or do you think that there's a different cut that was better? I just read today that the film was officially locked, locked on Thursday, and that's when I saw it. So it could be that you saw the other cut, right? No. No, there's only one cut. The only thing that had to be uh, finished was uh, sound mixed uh, uh, tweaks. That's it. No, the, but remember the final version of the, of the film is the one that's screening now. Okay, but remember when you said that there were two cuts of the movie or somebody told yes, you? Yes, yeah. Yeah. yeah, there were two, two different versions that had uh, one was slightly more comedic, one was more dramatic. I don't know how many more, if I, if I can say it, dream sequences there were, but it looks, it seems like from my understanding that the final cut is very much a combination of both of those two okay. uh, test screenings. Got it. And, and they tried to take the best out of each. There was a lot of changes from my understanding of Diane Ladd's character. A lot. 
Wow. Well, she seems to have been cut down. That's yes, she, she was. Funny. She was cut down significantly, and the the voiceover, the majority of the voiceover that's in this final version, mm -hmm. is was has only been in this final version. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, which was really disappointing for me. I was going in wanting so much Diane Ladd, and she just did not have a whole lot to do. And also, the voiceover is kind of weird because you don't really know where it came from. <laughs> <laughs> what it's well, doing there? And it's 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 interesting because um, you know sometimes I hate voiceover, sometimes I love it. Mm -hmm. There there are points in this where she's just like kind of telling you what's happening on screen, and that's the kind of voiceover I don't normally like. But I just mm -hmm. really like her. I love her voice. I know. I, and I was okay with it. And considering her point of view as the person doing of the voiceover, I kind I dug it. I yeah. won't say anything more than that. Right, on, me too. On and what I, that means, but I I really liked it a lot. I liked the movie Joy a lot, but I understand that it's personal for me why I like it. I can see what people's problems are with it. Like I acknowledge those, obviously. I know what they're talking about, and I can understand why they feel that the way they do, especially since they're going to see a different Jennifer Lawrence than they're probably expecting. But I um, I think it is so far the best thing she's ever done, ever, ever. Yeah. I think I loved it. Mm. I loved that she was in every frame of the movie. I love, I think she's fantastic. I could watch her do anything on camera. And I just love how she fills the frame with that face. I just think she's got such a star quality. Like, you know, you don't see that very often in an actor. She just came out of nowhere. Like she just is this like, you know, Kentucky girl. Mm -hmm. And she's just got endless amounts of talent. And so yeah. I think, you know, all things being equal, I understand it's a male-driven race and that people aren't going to really relate to that kind of a character. Um, but, man, I just it resonated hard with me. I just wish I had had the opportunity to really defend it publicly, and I didn't have that opportunity because it's a <clears throat> stupid embargo. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I only said one thing about it, and, and that was it. I didn't want to get in trouble. <laughs> yeah. I have a, have a question about the very, very end, um, without giving anything away in particular. Uh, as she is walk Jennifer... Spoiler alert for three minutes. ...is walking away from the hotel room encounter in that small town in Texas. Diane, Le uh, Diane uh, Ladd makes a point of saying in her narration that she did not know all the stuff that would happen after that crucial encounter that happened in the hotel room. She didn't know what would follow, you know, in her life. Yeah. So please tell me, what is, why is that of any particular interest? Nobody knows what's going to follow. We don't know if we're going to be dead the next day or if we're going to see an extraordinary upturn in our fortunes in terms of business or new income. It's a, it's Nobody a knows. It's a writer's... It's a writer's um, trick. It's a it's a thing that a lot of novelists do, and I think it works really well. It's because it's the narrator does know what's going to happen because the narrator is watching over the character, and is kind of like a fairy godmother in a sense, and saying mm -hmm. like you know, um, this the all these great things are going to happen to her, but she had no possible way of knowing that then. Right. Right. She was just flying blind, and it's it's just something that sometimes people write into novels. Uh, you it, know, it's funny because that's actually one of my absolute favorite lines of mm -hmm. of her voiceover because mm -hmm. i mean the movie is very much like a fable and that line reads just like a fable was a, right. like a fairy tale book like that you're reading to your daughter it's right. uh, i just i thought it was fantastic i, I, I got to be that. also honest about one more thing and that's at the very end our heroine is uh wearing a white 
kind of suit dress mm-hmm. suit, uh, and she's got her hair swept up in this kind of weird thing. You know, well, I, she's I don't supposed know where, to be forty, so it's just a it's a big chignon. So. Yeah. Okay. When you're, well, it looks looks kind of funny because I mean I like her hair all through the movie and suddenly I don't like her. I said, "What? She gets really successful. Everything works out, and that's how she wears her hair." It just struck me as the wrong thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, you have to think of the time period too, because we are looking at you know eighties or early nineties. So yeah. is that when is that when that moment uh-huh. was happening when the woman was coming up and and showing Jennifer her yes uh, her yes. lint thing and all that? Okay. They yes. just had to make her, they wanted to make her look like the matriarch and they wanted to show her, to, I'll, I'll, believe me, I will warn all this. They want to make her look like, um, what's her name? You know, the old lady, what's her name? Oh God, help Diane me. Ladd. Diane Ladd. She was supposed to look <laughs> like her. So she transforms sure, a little bit sure. into that character. And that's why he did that. I, I think that um, there was too much pressure on David O. Russell with this movie to be all everything you know all at once and i think with so many different cuts and so much information coming in i think it just was too hard you know and um there's nothing wrong with hitting a good solid triple there's nothing really wrong with hitting a ground rule double if you hit a home run sometimes terrific it's really just you know does it stir the 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 wave does it stir the currents do we feel it as a part of our conversation does it seem to add to our enjoyment of, of, you know, does it make a movie culture, you know, movie fan culture, uh, a richer, better place? I think so. You know, I had a pretty I, good I, time with it. Yeah, I hope it does because it's, it's, it's my, favorite, to be a grand it's my favorite movie of his since Three Kings. Me too. Okay. It's, it's my favorite movie of his since Flirting with Disaster. Like, yeah, I, I might even it. go that far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I love, I love Joy. I know that it's not, and Flirting with Disaster didn't get anywhere near the Oscar race. And I don't know what Joy yeah. will do. I have a feeling that the ask, actors might rescue it. Do we want to talk about maybe some of the some of the more surprise wins that came out of today? Because I think there's a couple that definitely yeah. deserve some conversation. Absolutely. Uh, probably most of all, Michael Fassbender's win from L.A. Which that's a weird one. That's nobody saw coming. Well, no, except the guy repeat. on my side, who Marshall, who does my stats. He actually predict. I couldn't believe it. He predicted Michael Fassbender and Charlotte Rampling to win. Well, I think most people, most people on 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 my site on Awards Watch had predicted Rampling, and I switched her out at the last minute last Same night. Same here. Uh, oh. uh, for for Larson, but we actually had somebody that predicted both Michael Shannon and. Um, uh, Alicia Vikander in Ex Machina. No today. way. For real. For real. That's. Well, by I, the way, can I just I, say I couldn't something? believe it. I spoke to the director of of uh, Ex Machina two days ago, and I said, you know, I'm hearing these different pronunciations of Alicia's uh, last name. Could you please tell me how you how? I mean, I always thought it was Vikander. And I thought it was uh, Vikander. Same. And then yeah. others have said Vikander with an I sound. Oh, okay. Said, no, like Viking. Really, yeah. And he okay. said, the way you pronounce it is Vikander. Oh, Vikander. Vikander. Not Vikander, not Vikander, but Vikander. More, it's, it's much more subtle. I always yeah. say Vikander. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, that's cool. I love Ex Machina and happy to see that. Um, I'm really happy to see it doing so well. I don't know if it'll go on to the Oscars, but I really love that movie. and I'm, I'm uh, I think it might have a, a chance in, like a, in screenplay, but I think that's really its only chance. Mm. Mm. What about supporting but, actress? I mean, you know, we're kind of in this weird limbo. I think one of the things that's happening with Kristen Stewart that I didn't get to mention was that two of the actress, uh, supporting actress frontrunners that we're all talking about, which is Alicia mm-hmm. Vikander in Danish Girl <laughs> and Rooney Mara in Carol, 
split, uh, you know, being put into lead, you know that the film critics all thought of them as leads. They're not going to. Well, let's just let's just talk about remarriage. Do you think that this experience over the last few days with the critics group, they completely ignoring the Weinstein narrative about Rudy Mara, does that mean she's not going to be voted upon by the guilds, by the Academy as a supporting? They're going to are they going to join? Do you think? And go along with this, and just I, I think the I think they could absolutely push her to lead. Um, she's gonna, she's only in lead at the Globes. She's essentially considered lead by almost every critics group, except for I think one that happened this week. Um, and SAG is submission based, so she's submitted in supporting there. So that's the only place she can get in, and she'll get in there I think pretty easily. But uh, I think she absolutely stands a very good chance. But Rampling is kind of beginning to sew up that fifth spot. Mm. Um, and unless Jennifer Lawrence is absolutely, completely just crumbles and falls apart, the top five of Best Actress is pretty, pretty close to done. Can you tell me how what, how have you determined that Charlotte Rampling, who I think is ma masterful in that film, yes, how she, has she sewn it up? What has happened apart because, from the days? Because the, the race as it is has a pretty solid top four, and the fifth spot is kind of just, uh, it's Rampling, it's uh, Mulligan, uh, but even when you get past that, there's really not much else. So... Mm -hmm. Each Ram each yeah. week that goes by, Rampling gets closer and closer to being, you know, Unless extremely locked in. There's one mm. tiny other possibility, and that um, you is mean Charlize Theron? Charlize Theron getting <laughs> in if, if this Mad Max thing keeps going this way. I mean, it's possible, right? Bradley Cooper, American Sniper. I don't know. I mean, she hasn't done any campaigning. She's already. No, she did a little bit with the Globes. I think yeah. honestly, is that the Boston Online or the New York Online would have probably put her forward if there was any possibility of that yeah happening. I, I i agree and i thought that if it was going to happen it would have happened this weekend i would uh, think that but yeah exactly it, right because of mad max but on the other hand if the if this popularity thing continues and if they like mad max the, the logic follows that the lead actor in the movie that they really like gets in over the lead actor in the movie that they didn't really like getting in so that's the question i'm having like Yes, I agree with you about Charlotte Rampling, but I would say watch out for Charlize Theron in the fifth slot. No, I'm 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 with you on, on that, but it's she's she's a, pretty far ahead, and it's it's gonna get, you know, almost near impossible for somebody to to take over that at this point. And also, the we don't even know what the Academy's gonna do with forty five years. They might love it enough to give it a Best Picture nomination. You know what I mean? Like it's it's mm. it's their kind of thing. So uh, I don't think that would happen, honestly. Yeah. I, I, I don't think it has anything, any real shot outside of Rampling. But it's so Philomena and it's so like, you know, that weird little tiny movie that they usually, if it had, if it was a Weinstein movie, it would be in, it would be so in. But mm -hmm. um, uh, Maybe, or he would have not realized and bought too many things and just dumped it early. Right. Like he did with like the eight other movies this year. I don't know. They like mm -hmm. movies about old people questioning their fate. Sure. It's because yeah. it fits in with the demographic of the Academy. Yeah, it mm -hmm. does. so that's a possibility. But anyway, the reason I think that it was easier for Kristen Stewart to do that was that there <laughs> wasn't there wasn't any any consensus in the supporting actress race because those two actresses that everybody was saying was going to win. Not that the critics listened to us. Believe me, they would do anything but. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just that they they were they're taken out, and so you have to look at the best supporting actress race without those two in it. And listen. may I may I ask what you guys think has happened with best actor apart from the possibility, and I stress possibility of Paul Dano being suddenly a best actor contender after two wins in that category. Do you think that finally we can say that Eddie Redmayne is really out of the discussion at this point? Danish no, Redmayne? no. Oh, okay. Do you think he's still in because people are going to be so impressed by the fact that he gave himself over I, to I, the, I think the, the transsexual? I think the category is extremely open and pretty yeah. exciting, um, which is why I think almost you've got like almost like last year you have a whole bunch of guys all mm-hmm. angling for these five spots, and right now I'm. I'm only super comfortable with DiCaprio and Matt Damon, and that's it. I am not. So, I'm, not, not, even, I'm not even that comfortable. I'm not has even that comfortable with Matt Damon, heard. honestly. You know, like I, I don't even know if Matt Damon will get in. I, I don't even know. I feel like Leo's the only one. I feel like is a slammed uh, Fassbender, maybe. I mean, it's. Uh, I, I've been back and forth on him, and I actually have him out right now. But I mean, his his win today is pretty good. He's getting the Palm Springs thing, which is it means at least that he's going to be out and doing something. Right. So he's he's late in the game, but he's he's putting himself back in it at least. Right. Mm-hmm. If it's Kate Winslet and it's Michael Fassbender dragging along Steve Jobs, it has a, it gets back to its status of getting in probably, right? I don't think it's going to be in Best Picture, but it could be. Because the actors, it is, it's all about the actors for that, I think. And it's true. Why did you respond and saying that Eddie Redmayne is in? Have you spoken to anybody? Have you heard anyone say that was an exceptional, truly, this is, it really must be recognized, at least in terms of a nomination. Have you heard anybody say that with any real sincerity? Uh, no, but it, no, but that's not what I go off of. So Yeah, I don't, I'm on a question mark on him. I'm, when I first saw the movie, I thought, this is really weird because... The actress is Can taking we... center. She's the one who everybody's talking about. And so why isn't anybody talking about him? He already won. We all know who covered the Oscar race that once you've won, it, it ups your chances of getting a nomination the second year really, really highly. So that's that, that's exactly why I think yeah. he's he's still pretty good. Can we can we just make it clear that Eric has said in so many words that he does not go off particular passion for this or that uh, No, I, I say that I, odds I, and I, I say that I don't. Is not a big thing. No, he's saying no, no, no. he doesn't. No, go I'm, get I'm saying personal. I don't. I don't. Said I don't go off that. No, I'm saying I don't listen to to someone that says I think that this is going to happen. That right. is, you know, some somewhere within, you know, the the voting block because you've got seven thousand people, and if I hear, you know, from three people, you know, that he's easily locked in, and I hear from two people that they wouldn't vote for him, that's five. That doesn't mean anything to me. Um, the thing is, is I agree with the way the way that I do it. And I know the way probably Eric does it is that, you know, we just we, we have a, a question is so and so going to get in, we think so and so is going to get in, then we look at the, the things that they need to hit to get in, like we need he needs a Golden Globe nomination, for instance, he needs a SAG nomination, if he doesn't get either of those, he's not getting an Oscar nomination, probably, although it can happen sometimes when a late breaking movie, not that the Danish girl is that. But yeah. it can sometimes happen that an actor can push through and get an Oscar nomination, even if they don't get either of those two. But I would think, given the movie status and given the 
kind of way that they've been wooing the HFPA that if it doesn't get a Golden Globe, which it should there if it gets a, a nomination anywhere. It, it will. I think so, too. Also, Matt Damon's taken out because he's put in comedy. That's yep. one thing. So that leaves open the Eddie Redmayne slot and, and a slot for a fifth actor that we don't know who some other poor actor that, that might get lost, left off. Can I ask over the space of the National Board of Review, the New York Film Critics, the LAFCA, and the two online, uh, Boston as well, what happened to Brie Larson in all this? Well, she's, she's, she still has two wins. She still has, you know, NBR, so I'm not terribly worried for her. But it's a, I mean, I don't think NBR really counts is what I'm trying to indicate. I think that they were the first. She didn't get not, uh, awarded by anybody else, right? Wasn't it just NBR? Um, right. She got uh, New York Film Critics Online today. And she won oh, sorry. a, a I didn't British. Check that. Sorry. They won. Okay. Didn't she win a British something independent film award? No, was that not uh, right? the movie won international film? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. So who's our who is winning all the best actress prizes? Okay, I was just going to bring this up um, because it's pretty awesome and fascinating. Um, let's see, Joe. It was Joe Reed. Just put it up on Twitter, uh, doing a a comparison of NBR New York and LA this year. And the makeup, there is absolutely zero crossover in every major category. Oh, my God. In picture, director, actor, actress, supporting, supporting. Zero crossover in all oh, three of those. Has that ever happened? The last time it happened was 1988. Oh, my God. <laughs> can, you, can you point me to the URL? Does, has he posted all this and gone through an analysis? Is it posted, this thing? Uh, yeah. About? I mean, I somebody somebody pulled it from uh, his Twitter and put it on in the forum, so I just did it. That is so fascinating. It's insane. Wait a minute. He, he just said this on Twitter? In other words, he didn't post anything in depth as far it's, as... Yeah, it, this comes from, from Twitter, so he just did okay. a, a whole like series of it. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. But here, I got a couple of stats for you guys um, that Marshall oh, just good. sent me, which is not about best actors, but it's um, only three times in La- Los Angeles film critic history. This is yeah. like going back, uh, how many years is it? 40 years? Mm-hmm. Um, only three films have won the LA film critics. Then they di- And they went on to win best picture without also winning director. So like the Hurt Locker won director with LA film critics. Mm-hmm. Um, and it went on to win best picture. The only three movies that have ever won are Rocky, One Floor of the Cuckoo's Nest, and Schindler's List. Mm-hmm. With without director, right? Yes. Yeah. And yeah. then the other stat is so it's it's a pretty pretty low stat for for um, LA film critics. It says in forty years, Lafka has matched Oscar seven times, three in the past twenty five. Yep. So mm. it's not the greatest thing for Spotlight, but. As we all know, you can't go off of stats because every year, especially this one, is going to be different. I yeah. think that Lafka definitely wanted to somehow wedge in love for George Miller in that film, and he decided to split it on that basis. As yeah, we but were told. Most, most people were really surprised and expected Mad Max to win Best Picture here. Here's mm. the weird thing about Spotlight is Tom McCarthy d- isn't the runner-up. Todd Haynes is for Best yep. Director yeah. in Lafka. Yeah, and, and most, most of us at Awards Watch had Carol as the runner-up. And then when you look at, at what happened today, Carol was runner-up to Mad Max two or three times. Yeah, absolutely. So Carol, Mad Max, and Spotlight, and they're all kind of competing for the critic, um, the critic's darling. It's, it's really amazing because two of those movies were not in that conversation. Carol was being written off as being too cold, mm. and people were just pulling it from their predictions. 
and now it's roaring back and yeah. then we have Mad Max which was you know in very very few you know absolutely all but dead I looked at Gold Derby really quickly because I know I had just at the last second I last week when he asked me to do that I, I squeezed in George Miller and I thought you know George Miller maybe because I know he's so well liked and he did this great movie for his age people are going to think that's remarkable yeah. And then I went over there really quickly to see how many, and there were only like five people that it was predicting out of however many um, George mm. Miller to get. And Jeff, you're one of them, actually, by the way. Okay. <laughs> okay. But, I don't. I don't have a great investment in being right on these things. I just. I know you don't, but we do. Me and Eric do. I know, because especially <laughs> since I'm wrong so many Same times. Same here. I'm wrong too. <laughs> I loved being right. I love it. It's like it, whenever but... I get to be right, I I need to throw like a party for myself or something because it's so rare. Same here. I, I really major flail, but um, but you but everybody wants to be you know because we have so many people writing us constantly and and criticizing our choices and saying yeah. that'll never happen and you're out of your mind and you know that you know why isn't this why don't you have so and so at number one like that's, relax please, and then relax. afterwards it's like I told you that wasn't gonna happen I told you. So so and it's like oh, <laughs> oh stop <laughs> it's too much anyway, so um what do we think so we're just like forget it this is the weirdest year ever nobody knows what's going to happen we have to try to wait for the guilds because the critics forget it I right think it's a lot of fun to not know what's going to happen and i do it's, too uh, it's pretty enjoyable i think yeah. it is if, even nothing worse than even before before SAG and Globes, I, I decided to pull Rooney Mara out of my supporting predictions, and I put her in lead. Oh, shit. I don't uh, even know what to think I just, about. I'm only doing it to, to get, like, a tiny head start. <laughs> God, I don't know, because I have a feeling if she gets in anywhere. I was watching Carol again, which, oh, my God, it's such a beautiful... It is. Visually oh, incredible mm. film. Like, every yes, is. shot is like, oh. Yeah. The best shot in that movie is when... Towards the end, has everybody seen Carol? Can I say yes? This? Yes. Yeah. Um, there's like a, a double window pane, and they're at a party, and on the one side of the party are all like the you know the the straight couples or whatever chitter chattering, and then all the way over on the left, Therese and the girl from um, Portlandia, Carrie Brown. Oh, Carrie Brownstein. And they're just in this in this kind of awkward two yeah. shot and and that's just such an incredible fucking shot yeah. with those two yeah. panes and then the building in the middle you're just like oh my god so mm -hmm. that's going to be very strong in the crafts i suspect it's going to do really really well but what i noticed in the second viewing was rooney mara's definitely lead no question about it she's yes. not supporting you can't see her that way um but i don't know when i was watching it i was kind of thrown that she won in in can i don't know that it's a showy enough she keeps everything so inside, and that's not the Oscar way. <laughs> you don't, you don't keep your emotions. I'll tell you what's wrong with her being a lead. And here's the thing: I don't understand, and I don't know what to do with. I'm having every time I see, I've seen it four, four times now, counting the screener. I've and I just can't get wrap my arms around that look that she gives uh, Kate Blanchett when they first see each other in the mm -hmm. department store. She takes her lips and purses them it makes it into this strange look with her lips all kind of scrunched into a kind of a pucker thing that she does and i was just wondering why is she doing that i don't know what that means i've never seen anybody do that pucker thing it's not it's okay but it doesn't mean anything to me it doesn't get me i think it's just her being um 
you know, know what I'm talking about, right? That look. I, she I does, absolutely do. I, I think it's, her face up. You know? I think it's cute. I mean, what okay. can I say? I just, I feel like she's, you know, she doesn't quite know who she is. She wants to show herself as being sort of buttoned up. And I think that's a good character choice. And I think it works really well for the movie because when she finally starts to open up and then she's hurt so badly, um, you know, it's, it's really affecting, but, uh, I but think yeah. that you have to show how, if you're buttoned up, I think you have to do that with your eyes and your body posture. I think that's what buttoned up is about. I don't think that mouth puckering shows buttoned up. <laughs> Unless it's for a blowjob, goddammit. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> Sorry, R-rated podcast. No, but um, but yeah, I mean, I don't, that's why I'm just saying, like, in terms of Oscar winning, like, Alicia Vikander gives the more, in The mm. Danish Girl, gives the more, like, Oscar-y kind of emotive performance. That's all I'm trying to say. Oh, it? absolutely, because she is the put-upon supporting wife, and it's she cries a lot and quivers her lips a lot. Mm. And I, I just watched The Danish Girl last week, and I overall, I really hated it. I thought it was... <laughs> Yeah, I agree. fucking terrible, <laughs> especially yeah. Redmayne. Oh my God! Oh no! Why, did you, why didn't you just let go and say that when I asked you about Redmayne earlier? Because said, I oh, wasn't. No, I, don't, I don't. I don't think that way. He might. Be no, in. no. Because no. you weren't asking me what my personal thoughts on him was. You were asking was, me so what the my door was open for you to walk in with your personal. Thoughts. <laughs> well, sure, but now, well, now I am. Uh, <laughs> no, it's just uh, I. I, I hated. I hated every single bit of his performance. Oh God! It was. Mm. I think I called it earlier. It's the Caitlyn Jenner of transgender movies. Oh, it's, it is so horrifically superficial and terrible. I just, what I was. Point? I think it's very. Well, it's, it's like if you watch Tangerine, for instance, and then you watch, I mean, Tangerine is so great. And then you watch the Danish girl. It's like, you know, my daughter, my daughter's uh, friends and, and they, they won't watch it because they think it's so offensive that there's a, you know, a guy playing a trans woman. That and, did not bother me at all. But, I thought but, that but was the thing about fun. it is that you have to take when you're watching his performance, as opposed to Tangerine and Tangerine, you have to take you have to take his whole he has to take his whole sense of who he is and transform that and play both things at once. And that I think was difficult for him because I felt like he couldn't quite get one or the other exactly right. Like it was he was now, his his whole concept of what you know, being a woman was, was basically the same as Caitlyn Jenner. And it was, you know, makeup and hair and silk uh, pantyhose. And it was, you know, this feeling. And it was this this very superficial uh, version of femininity. Uh, and very little to nothing of what was going on inside him other than this is who I am inside. Right, and then right, there's just right. abysmal dialogue that is so sloppily inserted to sound like it's very contemporary right. uh saying oh no god made me you know a woman i'm just right you know ill inside and it just oh my god i, I wanted to just vomit it was so horrible those are all really i think valid observations oh, and that's that's why a huge portion of the trans community has been really unhappy with this movie yeah because it just does such a humongous disservice. And it also tells the story from the straight person's perspective as opposed to, you know, more like cis gender. More like it's his wife's experience. It's not really mm -hmm. his experience, her experience. It's the wife because she sure. is trying to understand this situation. And that's really why, you know, the Academy voters will be. They'll be with her um, trying to observe and understand this. So it is, to me... 
Um, and I actually thought it was Tom Hooper's best movie, and, and I was moved by it um, in a lot of places. Um, I didn't hate it, but uh, but I do think that it's one of those, you know, Oscar bait movies where it's just really feels like Oscar bait. It feels like it's a movie made for the Academy and for no other reason, you know. Have Have you ever seen the? I think it's either Tumblr or it's a blog website called This Had Oscar Buzz. No. Oh my God! You have got to go. It's one of the best, best websites every year. After after you know the the Oscars come out, it has you know these. Posters of all these, you know, biopics and oh, and God. movies that that early in the year seem like they were, you know, rock solid locks. Oh, it's the best. I, I love know, I was that. Driving... I just I just went to thishadoscarbuzz.com and it doesn't exist. So what's it actually called? You I think to, that's what it's called. But it's Tumblr. Do a, do a Google search of it. It's probably Tumblr dot. You know, Let's it, see. It's, if it's a Tumblr, it's got Tumblr in the URL. But um, I drive with it's my thishadoscarbuzz.tumblr.com. Yeah. Not Tumblr, not Tumblr. Uh, without the E, of course, right? Okay, I was perfect. driving with my my daughter to school because we, we it takes us about a half hour to get to school, so we have these like great discussions in the morning. And she was telling me, you know, she's you know, there's always the Oscar movie, and it's always the same kind of movie, and they always give Oscars just to that movie. Like it doesn't have any sort of relationship to their world at all. Um, which I, you know, I do. I have always thought that that's not a good sustaining plan for the Academy. That they should always try to open up more to to do the new things that are happening in film. Anyway. Um, one of the films on this hat, Oscar Buzz Tumblr dot com, is Diana. That never had Oscar Buzz. That was just positioned as a possible Oscar Buzz when people saw it. And once no, no, no. This, this, oh. this is this is talking about most, you know, everything from way before anything has been seen and just based on, you know, idea. And you, when you have something like a Princess Diana biopic, you're like, oh, okay, yeah, that's an Oscar type of movie. That's mm -hmm. that's mostly what it's talking about. But okay. then there's, you know, other things too that even once they came out. Uh, People tried to make them kind of a thing. Okay, let's just wrap it up. Yes, I think that the Revenant is, um, if people are willing to, to get past the subject matter, which is frankly what my problem was initially, I just felt it was too punishing. Uh, not too punishing, I shouldn't have said that. I felt it was, it was mitigated by the punishing factor of watching or basically being in that realm and suffering along with Leo as he all that horribly cold, frigid water and, and being miserable and, you know, it was, it's rough. But I just, once you know that that's going to come, once you've digested that, the second immersion in that film was almost religious for me. Oh, wow. See, I, I was, you know, going into it and having heard about the level of violence in it. I I have to say, maybe I went in thinking there was going to be more, but I was not overwhelmed by the violence. I wasn't overwhelmed by the grim and dark nature of it. I thought there was an absurd amount of love and the paternal connection, yeah. everything for me mm -hmm. was mm -hmm. rock solid. I, I thought it was um, Leo and his, it is um, um, his son who is. Uh, oh my the, God! It's the whole. Yeah. It's the whole focus for the whole movie. Is yeah. it's mm -hmm. not just vengeance. It's not personal vengeance. It's vengeance for his son and his wife. And I just, I, I was absolutely not prepared f that for it to have the emotional impact that it did. And mm -hmm. I, I love the scenes with the, I mean, I only saw it one time, but I love the scenes in retrospect um, of the wife hover, hovering. Is that a spoiler? 
Um, you know, the <laughs> no, I don't think it's. A spoiler. I don't think it's a big spoiler. The apparitions, she... the ghosts, like that is like. There's so many shots in that movie that you remember back. Like for me, like I didn't have the best reaction to it when I first saw it, but it just stayed with me and it kept coming back and echoing. And I kept thinking about it. I was like, wow, that's weird. I've never really mm -hmm. had a, many movies do that where different mm -hmm. shots and colors and sounds and moments just kept coming flooding back. And it's a pretty incredible, I don't think it's a movie suited for snap judgments or, you know, instant yeah. critics. I said, I was sitting down with Quentin Tarantino three hours ago and I was, we were talking about the Robert Richardson 70 millimeter. I didn't have the heart to say that I know it, it, that the <laughs> Emmanuel Lubezki's cinematography, digital as it is, is so more so much more ravishing than what you. You can't see help in. but notice when you watch one back to back. When they watch them back to back, I mean the the cinematography in Hateful Eight is beautiful too, but the mm -hmm. Revenant, nothing can touch that. I don't really know anything about cinematography, but I know something about photography. So just one <laughs> last question. Um, this Leo Bear thing, why do I get the feeling oh, that this is some oh Oscar God. strategist sabotaging the campaign? I don't Am I know. Wrong? It was it was so weird. It just, it, it was so weird. And then it like really grew into like a thing, but thankfully, as goes with the internet, it lasted about two days. I hope so. I hope that it's not like people see it and there's unintentional laughter during that scene, you know? Yeah, I think that's actually a really good point because people now are going to be kind of, I mean, they already know that this bear attack happens, but now they're going to be going into it with like this like giggle of, oh my God, yeah, is exactly. it, are they humping? They have to be a little bit stupid. If there was, <laughs> if there was a family of bears, and let's say, I, I don't, do bears even hang out as a family? But if it was yeah, clearly. Yeah, that's the whole purpose well, of the Well, the mother attack. and the cubs do. No, no, that was a family with the mom and the, and oh, the cubs. Oh, I see. There I was see. no male bear. If no, there was a male no. bear, then we could joke a little bit, have a little, you know, a little, a little laugh here and there about about anal rape happening, but it's um, female really? bears. <laughs> no, you I've have been, to have watched watch it. Well, I think it's, I don't think it's funny, but you could. If you watch Grizzly Man, you know you know what bears are like. Like the men fight and they they you know hang around and they mate with the females, but the females are with the cubs. And the female everybody always says there's nothing more dangerous in nature than a female grizzly with her cubs. Nothing yeah. like it's the yeah. most dangerous thing. And that scene is harrowing and incredible oh my god i'm i'm so glad that that stupid article didn't come out because i was just constantly like clutching my pearls no, but <laughs> the if you, whole time but you, what, so remember the origin of it was was uh, said, he, roger friedman said that he was being humped it was roger friedman apparently he said that but he didn't yeah, say but the, the, the yeah. daily mail i think was the first <clears throat> group to like actually do something with it uh, and then, it, and it was, it was just kind of like hanging out over in the well, UK. No, it was Matt, what do you mean? It was Matt Drudge. I, uh, where did the Daily Mail come in? Oh, that's right. No, but he didn't. Matt Drudge just like wrote a little like sentence, but the Daily yes. Mail wrote like an article. Okay. It's and just weird what, how fast, I mean, Leonardo DiCaprio, it must be said, has a unique relationship with the internet. He, he is mm -hmm. like, he's like an internet god, like, in, in good ways and bad ways. Like, they like to make fun of him. They like to obsess on him. They're more worried about him winning an Oscar than anybody else I've ever seen in the entire history <laughs> of the internet and the Oscars. <laughs> but, um, so I don't know what this is going to do, but it would be a smart move from a strategist to take some of the prestige and esteem off of that performance a little that's, bit. That's a little really silly. To, uh, that's, that's not a fair or even semi-logical uh, conclusion because just because it's caught on with people who don't care about any semblance of, of, of fact or truth, 
you know, there's, people are just using it as a little joke. You know, these these silly things pop up. And I know. Then they go, we'll see. We'll see. But the thing about Oscar voting is it's it tends to be irrational, <laughs> irrational, not rational. So, I, but I don't think that there's anybody who can beat Leo at this point. Do you? I mean, is there? No, I don't other... see. I I don't see a scenario in which he's not the winner. It's the you know it's the biggest performance. It's really big. It really is uh, for everybody, for himself yeah. and for everybody yeah. else. I mean, it's it's there. There just becomes those those it's time kind of moments. Mm-hmm. Um, Julianne Moore had hers this year. Right. Um, not it's. A, I think it's a little more difficult for actors sometimes, but mm-hmm. I don't. I don't expect him to have to wait until he's, you know. 20 years older and yeah. get a, yeah. an Al Pacino, mm-hmm. Paul Newman win. But I also, mm-hmm. I know this is going to sound crazy and it hardly ever happens, but there is the veteran aspect to Ian McKellen. And, and I never would have normally thought this, except for the fact that he's been campaigning so hard. And if there is a weakness and there is someone to take that slot, it could be him. Wouldn't you agree? Maybe? The film's to, not good enough, I don't to, think, respectfully. Speaking. I think the film's good enough, but I, I, think he's, I think he's only strong enough for a nomination. Yeah. Yeah. That's all. I was wondering about that. I wasn't sure. Like, if if Leo did get knocked out somehow, who would be the beneficiary of that? Not going to be Will Smith. No, it's not. It's not going to be as much as I like The Big Short. I don't think Steve Carell. I don't feel that. I hope not. Oh my God! I just saw that last night. You're looking at Steve Carell. You're looking at Michael. No, Steve Carell's not getting nominated. You're looking at Michael Fassbender. Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Um, that's that's a nomination, don't you think? Michael Caine just for the gold watch thing. Uh, no? Maybe I, I, he's he's still a maybe for me. I don't even have him in my top five right now. I feel okay. like it's all maybes. It's just all mm. maybes. There is this this there is, un, unlike Best Actress after DiCaprio, everything is a big maybe. It really feels. And, like and that's exactly why he's gonna win. Mm. Yeah. Well, we'll what, see. you're calling Charlotte Rampling a big maybe. I, I think she's still a maybe, yeah. I okay. do too. She's definitely a maybe. She's definitely yeah. a maybe. We don't know anything, but we'll know next week a little she's, bit better. She's she's closing it with like the win today, but she's not, you know, Brie Larson, Sorcha Ronan, or Kate Blanchett. And like I said, if the table turns and the Academy pushes Rooney Mara into lead, then she'll get in. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I'm still, I, you know, so many of these movies, I even Mad Max, like, I just feel like there's a, a question mark hovering over all of them. I know. We're, we're just like, well, of course it's going to happen. And then the other shoe falls and we're like, how the fuck did that not happen? Yeah, I was looking last year at Inside Lewin Davis and um, it had done so well, not last year, but whenever it was, it had done so well with all the critics awards, like really, really well and nothing, you know, it got mm-hmm. a couple of nominations and that was it. And that was surprising. So and also Birdman last year, that was also surprising that it was the industry favorite and so opposed to any sort of critical. It had no real strong love from the critics. It only had the Gothams heading in. It didn't have... Michael Keaton kept winning things. It was sort of the same thing with the King's Speech. It wasn't winning critics awards, but but uh, Colin Firth kept winning. Mm-hmm. And then the movie came along and won. The same thing happened with Birdman, even though poor Michael Keaton didn't win Birdman. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, God, that whole, like, putting his speech away. Oh, that was so sad. Oh, God. So, but just watch the acting wins. I think I've always thought that that's really your way. And you got, it's either going to be driven by directing or acting mm-hmm. what wins Best Picture. So 
that's yeah, that's sure. something to watch out for. But anyway, all right, you guys. I'm sorry this we have to cut this short, but this dog will not leave me alone. <laughs> I think we've gone on for a good hour as usual, right? Yeah. Yeah, it We're was fun. Really you should short. join us again, good. Eric, yeah. next week if you want, if you can. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. All right, okay. you guys. Have a nice Sunday. All right, have all a right. nice Sunday. Bye. Take care. Bye. Bye, guys. You've been listening to episode 117 of Oscar Poker with Jeffrey Wells from HollywoodElsewhere.com and Sasha Stone from AwardsDaily.com with special guest Eric Anderson from AwardsWatch.com. The bumper music was In Love and Alone by Public Access TV and The Open Road by Postilogen. Thanks for listening. Don't